Hey, I'm Tiffany Weiss, and this is the best of What's Mine is Yours. Good morning. Morning. There's some coffee behind me. Great, just what I need. What do you want to write today? I did have this one idea. Have you ever heard a song and felt like it was yours? That it was written for you? Me too. And that's why I moved to Nashville, Tennessee to record and sing songs written by people who have written songs you've heard. The songs you have grown to love, the songs you were raised on, and the songs that you've attached your stories to. Come along with me as I interview songwriters who write the words that inspire all of us. This is What's Mine is Yours. Our guest today is Lynn Hutton. Lynn was born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee. He moved to Nashville in 1998. He is now signed with Seagale Publishing and has written songs for Eric Church, Lainey Wilson, Florida Georgia Line, Thomas Rhett, Jason Aldean, and Darius Rucker, to name a few. I really enjoyed sitting down talking to Lynn. Obviously, it's incredible to sit down and talk to somebody who has written for people or has written with people who are so influential in this business, for instance, like Eric Church. So the story that he mentions about writing with Eric and their relationship was also very interesting. It's always so fascinating for someone who is a listener and a fan of country music, as I am, to know that they have these stories that they're going to have forever. You were a writer on a Cold One with Eric Church. Mm-hmm. Can you share what that was like writing that with him? Yes. And what was that day like in the writing room? Well, let me tell you about the two days prior to that. Oh, okay, good. So they were calling for bad weather. And at the time, Eric's wife, Catherine, had reached out to me. The other co-writer, Jeff Hyde, plays in Eric's band. And we had written a song that was on Eric's chief record that was prior to that record. Colton was on the Outsiders record. And so when it got t- time for Eric to write, he would go up to this, we said it was a cabin, but it was this big cabin mansion on top of a hill. and, and uh, Cabin mansion. <laughs> I say a hill. It was, <laughs> it was 5,000 feet up in the air up in Banner Elk, North Carolina. And basically he was up there for a month and they would just rotate riders in. And so Catherine had reached out to me about dates and I was like, yes, absolutely. I'd love to do it. And this was going to be like in March. So it wasn't like the dead of winter. So I'm looking forward to this trip, want to make it count. And so I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and go to Knoxville in case the weather gets bad or whatever. I'm driving across Plateau. It's already spitting snow. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and drive to Johnson City and I'll just get a motel room. And that way, when I get up tomorrow, if there's any bad weather, I don't have that much of a drive. I get there and then in the middle of the night, I get a text from Catherine saying, don't try to come up here tomorrow. The roads are so bad. Eric just about went off the side in a suburban four-wheel drive with chains. Don't come up here. And I was like, okay. Wasn't going to tell her I was in a hotel room in, like, in, oh, too late. in Johnson City. So I had to spend another night in that hotel. And I just sat around trying to come up with stuff. And so the following day, we get up there and they had cleared the roads. And it was it was unbelievable. There was over a foot of snow up there. This place literally looked down into the valley of everything else. It was beautiful. And Jeff Hyde, he's the one that when we sat down, I think we wrote three or four songs. You'd have to know Jeff, the way he talks. He's like, I got this idea called Cold One. 
Well, that's pretty fitting for where we're at right now. But we had a lot of fun. We sat around with a big fire. We had March Madness on in the background on a big TV just with the sound turned Are down. Are you a Tennessee fan? I am a Tennessee fan. Mm-hmm. And Eric's a big Tar Heels fan. We sat there watching basketball and writing songs. And Colton was one of the one of them that came out. Wow. Yeah. Have you written anything else with Eric? A song called Jack Daniels that was on the Chief record. Okay. Yeah. And that was me and him and Jeff as well. Any other story that sticks out to you about any cuts you've had, either in the writing room or maybe the success of a cut afterwards? Mm, I remember being super excited about a song called Here's the Good Times that I wrote with my buddies Chris Tompkins and Rodney Clawson. When we wrote the song, I remember it got put on hold immediately by Blake Shelton. And we were excited about that. They wrote for Big Loud, Craig Wiseman's company, and FGL was signed there. Seth England had signed them there, and Cruz had just taken off and was huge. And I remember running into the guys there, and they were like, man, we heard Here's the Good Times. We love that song. And I was like, thanks, guys. And knowing that, like, I think Blake's going to cut it. And I remember Seth calling me, and he's like, man, the guy's really love this song and i said well i would love for them to cut it if blake doesn't cut it and he was like well it just came off hold for blake and the guys want to cut it Mm. and so i got the letdown and the excitement of it getting cut all at the same time so that was pretty cool story yeah at least it didn't go into the dark black hole of of yeah and then it wound up being the title track of their debut album and it was the title of their tour that year and which is a huge deal does that feel still kind of surreal when things like that happen, or are you... Oh, absolutely. We just moved, and they had given me a beer mug that said, here's the good times that I ran across, and mm-hmm. a clock that they had given me that said, here's the good times. You know, it's pretty cool. So that stuff is always fun, especially when you get the title track of something. Oh, yeah. Especially when you have a tour kind of named after. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's me. No big deal. Do you think what you do and what this city is kind of built on you're born with it, or do you think it can be learned? I think it's a combination of both. But I think I was born with that. I think I was given the gift of that. Mm -hmm. But you can definitely get better. Get better. At your craft by learning and learning from others, writing up, writing with people that are much better than you as you come up. And even at this day, I feel like I'm still learning stuff, you know. I think the day you think that you're not learning anymore yeah. it's probably the day you just close up shop because that's not true it's also about singing too i'm like i really do think it's first a god-given talent and then mm-hmm. you can build on that but for instance bless my whole family's heart actually not even just one of them none of them can sing a note and i can imagine that they would want to and mm-hmm. i don't think all the singing lessons in the world <laughs> would change it yeah. to save their life yeah. so we still don't know where i got it and i think it's just like a really simple yeah. answer it's god so yeah and i know there's classes and stuff and there's songwriting clinics and and i think you can go and learn some rhyme and meter and and you can basically learn the structure of a song but i don't remember ever having to learn the structure of a song i, okay. I had well, just like you even already said that you were listening to things on the radio and just basically by sound, you were. Yeah. That, to me, can't be taught to somebody. No, I think that was probably just part of the gift. It's the gift. So. Which is quite miraculous. And then when I moved to Nashville, I realized how many people have that gift. Mm. It's not actually not a lot of people, because if you think about the world in its whole versus the percentage that can actually do that, it's 
very little. But when you're surrounded by it here, it is really miraculous. I remember my first time stepping into a studio with Mm -hmm. people who could just listen to something, 30 seconds of it, mind you, not even the whole song, but yet they would get the whole song. And I go, well, you didn't even listen to the whole demo. So I don't know what happened there, but good for you. And it made me realize, though, that everyone is their big fish in their small pond. And then they get to Nashville and you are a microscopic fish Mm -hmm. in a very large ocean. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up about the studio, too, because as much as I was caught up in the songwriters and wanted to learn from those guys, to this day, I am blown away by the musicians. I remember the first time I went in to do my own tracking session, and I was jacked up. I was fired up about the songs, and and I've got them in my head, how it is and how I played it, and I'm thinking I need to take my guitar because I need to show them what I'm doing. And they listen to the work, and they're telling jokes. (laughs) They're fixing coffee. Somebody's going to the bathroom, and... They've handed him a chart. He's not heard it. And I'm a nervous wreck because I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. And they come in and they play it unbelievably better than anything I could have possibly imagined. But that's the cool thing. Nashville gets a lot of, we talk about the jaded stuff, but the best of the best, the songwriters and musicians are here. They are here. They're here in this town. They are here. And being around them every day is still mind-blowing to me. I also love sitting down with Lynn because there is a portion of this interview that I sit down with him and Tammy, who he's married to. I have previously interviewed and I'm very close with and I work with her. This is the first time I've been able to sit down and talk to people who are both in the same industry at one point or another kind of had the same career in the sense of being a songwriter. I know Tammy has now broadened her career into other avenues, but These are two people in the music business, and then to now figure out how it works with two people, both in it, being married together and working through it together. So we have next to you, Lynn, your beautiful, wonderful, amazing, spectacular wife. Yes, yes. Tammy Kid Hutton. Hi. Tammy was on the show already, but we figured since we're having your husband here, we're going to have you here again. Well, sure. Okay, so how did you two meet and when? I guess one of you can just answer this, huh? We actually got set up to write, and that would have been, I don't know, what, 15, 16 years ago? 15, yeah, I would say 15 years ago, yeah, we got set up to write. What'd you write? I have no clue. I don't know. You were too busy staring at each other's eyes. Did you already know each other ahead of that, though? Yeah, we knew each other. We were pals, really good pals, Mm -hmm. actually. But that was the first time, and it was just the two of us. We got set up to write, and I did we even write anything that day? Or did we just (laughs) end up talking the whole day? I think think we we talked the whole day. And first writes happen like that a lot. A lot of times it's a get-to-know-one-another kind of thing. And we knew one another, but long before I'd ever met Tammy... Back when we were both demo singing, I'd go in to studio and I kept hearing this voice and she was my favorite singer long before I even knew what she looked like. Oh, that was just a bonus then. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Oh. So imagine my surprise. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely beautiful too. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Now, was she already not an artist anymore? Yeah, she was. Just songwriting. Yeah. Who made the first move on Googly Eyes? She did. Wow, Tammy. I don't think that's the truth at all. <laughs> she did. She okay, did. Tammy, what do you think? I, well, I, you know what? I probably did give a hug that lingered a little too long. 
that's probably what kicked the whole thing off, honestly. It was. Yeah. So was it the right that made you guys realize that there was something, a spark? No. So you already had the spark, Helen. Well. For me, it was an unexplained comfortability. Okay. When I was around him. Well, and you were already friends. We were already friends, but honestly, it's just, I just had such a level of comfort and ease from like the first minute that I met him. And we had just a lot in common. Yeah. Both big sports fanatics. I imagine since you guys are both writers that you write together. We do. We do. Do you enjoy it? Absolutely. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. No, I'm teasing. I love it. You know, his style of writing, my style of writing are different. Mm -hmm. He gets very quiet. I'm one of the ones that talks it out. You're the extrovert. Yes. So I'm like talking out, talking it out. And he's methodical and quiet. So before I got used to it, it used to drive me a little insane and also make me anxious because I'm like, he's being so quiet. Her talking drove me insane and made me anxious. <laughs> Still does. Still does. I don't know how you guys are. I got to get it out now and I got to resolve mm. it now. It's all same. And they just sit there and listen. Same. Yeah, you yeah. too? Same. Well, we sit there and listen because we can't get a word in edgewise. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. We are supposed to be honest on here, right? That is. Uh, oh I my know. gosh. <laughs> no, but it, Tammy, I think it might be true. It gets possible, Tammy. I don't like to admit faults, but if we're all going to be honest here, yeah. like you said, that's what it's like. So then I guess that leads me to my next question. What is home life like with two writers? Well, to me, there's no negatives about it because whether we're writing together or not, the cool thing about it is if she's preparing for something, she can run something by me and I can go, well, you may want to think about it like this or whatever. And same way in, in reverse, I've been going into co-write and going, I think this is cool. And I can bounce over and she'd be like, oh, I love that or well, I don't know if I would do that with that particular artist or whatever. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's another opinion that you trust, mm -hmm. you know, emphatically. Also, it's just fun. Like last night, Merle Haggard was the artist of choice. Mm -hmm. We were just sitting around with our guitars and singing and harmonizing, playing. That would be such a fun thing. Oh, it, yeah. We have a blast doing that. We do. And we go on the road and play a lot of writer's rounds together. We, we spend to, a lot of time together. We spend yep. a lot of time together. Is that ever a bad thing? Well, I can only speak for myself. <laughs> it's not a bad thing for me. No, it's not for me either. But it is cool because we get to go travel around and meet people and play cool venues and experience things together and sing on stage together. So that's always a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we go on, on the road, the two of us together, out with an artist on the bus. right? And again, we can turn off the being married part in a room, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We... I think because we were co-writers before, we were in a relationship, mm -hmm. we're not going to come off as the Bickersons in the in the writer room, I don't think. I was about so. to say, do other writers, were they ever concerned now getting in the room with you guys, knowing now that you guys are married versus not? Not that I know of, because not we're not really the arguing kind anyway, mm -mm. in public That's or behind closed doors. I usually just say, you're right, baby, and that makes everything okay. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? A round of applause for you, Lynn. Right? You got to learn to pick your battles, boys. Yeah. See, I don't like to pick battles. I think they're all important. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> but I get it. Do you feel like you work 24-7 even when you're at home doing the writing thing or do you shut it off? 
Well, the answer is yes and no. I think both of us have times where it's not easy to stop the wheels from turning. Right. But we both collectively have always, like if I'm in that spot, she'll go, honey, shut the wheels off. Mm. And sometimes that's easier said than done. But Not that we're holding each other accountable or anything, but we do make sure that there's plenty of break from it. So that our life's not music business 24-7. Yeah. But when you're out, are there times where you guys just think of a thought and just, oh, oh yeah, completely, um, you know, driving, yeah, you know, was that our first cut together? Mm-hmm. We had gone home to his parents' house in, in Knoxville. We were on the way home. And that was our first cut together by Jana Kramer was something we just wrote on the way home from Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so special. If I hear him, you know, just sitting down with the guitar, it's like you really you can't turn that off. I'm like, ooh, what's that? We've literally been ready for bed before. Mm-hmm. And something pop in one of our heads or or I've got the guitar out and start playing something. She'd be like, what's that? I'm like, I don't know. I think this is the hook. Got these couple of lines and it's like 11, 1130 and we stay up and we ride it. That sounds like a blast to me. We do have fun. We have a lot of fun. We really do. So Tammy. Yes. I'll ask you first. What do you love most about Lynn? And also what annoys you the most? (laughs) It's going to be the same thing. Oh, it's same, huh? It's like being in a job interview. What's your biggest strength and your biggest weakness? His instincts are so good that he's just generally right. Oh, I get it. So I love it. And also, it sometimes doesn't work out favorably for me. Sure. We don't like to be wrong. No, we don't like to be wrong. This podcast has turned out very therapeutic for me. (laughs) Because I've never heard her tell me I was right one time. (laughs) Well, this lives on forever. But no, but no, truly, his instincts, and I mean, I rely on them because you know me. So I'm a butterfly, and he's grounded, and it just—it's his character. It's his kind of the rock. He's definitely the rock. Definitely the rock. Mm -hmm. Unwavering. But it also makes for a pretty good balance too. Oh, absolutely. There has to be. It's like the yin and the yang. You gotta have it. Yeah. All right, Lynn, same goes to you. What do you love most about Tammy? And it's okay. We're honest. What also annoys you? She was a kind of a cop out here. She mm-hmm. gave you also a, a little bit of a compliment yeah. as the negative. Which, but it's I okay, mean, Tammy. But let's face it, Tiff, that's a rarity. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take that compliment and run with it. What do I love the most about her? Her heart. I agree with that. I'm not married to her, but I'd agree with that. Yeah. And honestly, it's not a cop out. That That's probably the part that annoys me the most, too. <laughs> Because she'll get so inside of it. And what I love is she's very giving, very outgoing, thinks of other people, myself included. But you can see how that can be, especially all of us as songwriters, we're all just hanging on by a thread day to day. (laughs) Let's face it. Um, We're just one bad day away from running out in the middle of the street. So What a fun roller coaster, huh? We're all on it. Yes, we're all on it. But outside of that, she doesn't do anything that annoys me. Wow. And how long have you been married? We've been married 10 years. Been together 12. That's really nice. I hope to experience that with you someday. Yes. I want to kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's really nice. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I want both of you to answer this about each other. So, Lynn, if Tammy were a food, what would she be and why? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a toughie. She would be an enchilada. Oh, I love it. Well, and I love Mexican food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, why? 
Because she's spicy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I could do Mexican food every day of my life. Put him in a pocket and take him everywhere. Right? Yeah. I'll try. All right. What's Lynn? Oh, my gosh. The first thing that comes to mind is like, Best mashed potatoes. <laughs> she didn't say, what do I cook that you love? I know. But it, maybe it represents what you it are. Do, it does. Because it's like, do you ever a, think you'd be called mashed I'm potatoes? I'm just a big old pile of taters over here. <laughs> well, because, it, it, A, you know, warm, comfortable. Well, exactly. It's I like, get it. It's just so comforting. Mind you, a home. Yeah. Wow, that's actually a really nice thing. It goes with pretty much everything. It's Mm. just solid, good. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm with you. I actually really like that answer. Mm -hmm. I would have never thought of mashed potatoes (laughs) as like a compliment (laughs) until we just talked that out. So that was really nice. Now every morning when I look in the mirror, that's what I'm going to (laughs) see. I'm just going to see myself as warm and fluffy, right? Warm, fluffy (laughs) taters. Comforting. Like it's like when you think of comfort food. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love the answer. He's the biggest comfort. Mm -hmm. Always. Because it all starts with a song and a songwriter. Hey, thanks for listening to What's Mine Is Yours, the podcast with Tiffany Woods. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can stay updated with all things What's Mine is Yours by visiting WMIYpodcast.com or following me on socials at Tiffany Woys and the podcast at WMIYpodcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Recorded in Nashville, Tennessee. Produced in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Tiffany Woys in conjunction with Roundhouse Entertainment. Executive producers Tiffany Woys and The Ed Hill. Original music from Robert Shavers and Kiefer Thompson. Recorded and engineered by Robert Shavers. You can check out my music on all streaming services and a special playlist we've created for each episode with songs written by each guest only on Spotify. Thanks for listening to What's Mine is Yours.